Hi, everybody. Welcome. It's time for Atomic Radio Hour, the post-nuclear podcast. I'm your host, Vince. How are you? You look well. You look fantastic. I hope you're doing A-OK. I come to you semi-live. Uh, this is another episode in which, if you are a Patreon member at the $10 tier, the film live before a studio audience tier, you can watch these be recorded live in front of the studio audience. You are the studio audience. You get to become a part of the show. So right now is me and Captain Lennox here. Hello. How are you? You could join us. Link in the description to the Patreon if you're interested in that, but I'll get more into the Patreon later. There's some things that I'd like to talk about this week, some things that are impactful, uh, things that are happening. But first and foremost, I want to bring up Starfield. Let me get my notes. I need to get a phone stand for my, like, right here for my mic stand. Like, like I, oh, maybe I could just buy a car clip. And I just, like, right in. That'd be dope. I wonder if they make that. If they don't, it's my idea. So this comes directly from a, from news.xbox.com. Get ready for the Xbox Game Showcase and Starfield Direct double feature airing June 11th. This is by Joe. Every, every single, every single writer has a name I can't pronounce. Joe Scribbles. Sounds made up. Whatever. We are delighted to announce that the Xbox Game Showcase will be live stream on June 11th, 10 a.m. Pacific Time. Immediately after the showcase will be airing the Starfield Direct, a deep dive into Bethesda Game Studios' highly anticipated sci-fi RPG. Join us for some new surprises and first looks at the from the incredibly talented internal studios and our many creative partners around the world. This is the day that gamers have been waiting for, to see what comes to Xbox, PC, and Game Pass. Starfield Direct will invite you inside Bethesda Game Studios to learn much more about Starfield with tons of new gameplay, developer interviews, and behind-the-scene insider information. Like last year, we'll also have our follow-up stream, Xbox Game Showcase, extended airing June 13th at 10 a.m. PT, with in-depth interviews focused on news from the Xbox Game Showcase, as well as games updates from our partners. You'll be able to watch our June 11th show live through a variety of outlets in over 30 different languages. American Sign Language, British Sign Language, that's dope, that's really cool. And then there's other information like what time you could see this but it means we're getting starfield a game that's coming out i think this year <laughs> I, at this point every time i talk about this game it's very much the news is coming here's the thing can't wait to see more and it's exciting to be excited uh the last game i got like genuinely excited about honestly was cult of the lamb and I've been enjoying the hell out of that game. That's one of those where it's like, oh, I'll go to the bathroom and take my Switch. And then you're sitting there and it's a it's two hours later and your legs are numb. And you've been on the toilet playing a silly little lamb game. And that's a game that like came out a year ago. And I picked up because I heard it was getting a physical release because I'm an old man who likes physical game releases. But I'm excited about that. And it feels nice to be excited about a AAA game, a, 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 an open world RPG that was like my bread and butter growing up. Like in my formative years, open world games were what I wanted. I remember the first time I saw an open world game. I, I think I want to say it was one of the Grand Theft Autos, and I like couldn't comprehend it. 
I've probably told the story before, so I'll tell it quickly. I couldn't comprehend the idea of like just driving around and doing what I wanted. I remember just wanting to play them and all my friends being like, let's do the story. And I'm like, no, I want to drive. Like, I just want to drive around and shoot people. Like I have no, I have no mission other than to just meander about. And I had a GameCube. I didn't, I went from, I had a PS1, but it like didn't exist in my house after a certain point in time. And every time I bring it up, no one remembers it. So I didn't have a PS1, even though I kind of did. But then I went from like, that to GameCube like I had a Game Boy and then I had a GameCube and then from the GameCube I went to the PS3 my sister got a Wii somewhere in there and then from the 3 I went to the 360 and then now I'm just kind of PlayStation even though I haven't what I'm saying is it feels nice to be excited about a big game like this and I want to talk about it more because they're, they have X amount of uh, worlds or planets and there's space pirates and there's this and that. But I, I literally have only what is probably behind me if it's not already been played twice because it's all they've ever said. And that's the Bethesda thing. We keep a tight lip. We keep it schmoovin'. And when it comes out, it comes out and you're going to play it. Like you're going to put like this is a game I'm going to go buy physically. I might go to a midnight release if they're still even doing that in this day and age. In this economy, I might be doing something like that. It's a game I'm going to buy. I don't think I'm going to get it on Game Pass. It's on Game Pass, but my Game Pass runs out and just, I don't, I'll just buy it. It's just a game. I'll buy it. But it's something that I want to talk about more. But speaking of Microsoft, we have to talk about this Microsoft Activision merger. And I feel like this is something that I've been talking about like every other week, like once a month since it got announced. And I have an article I'm about to read in a moment for, for you guys, just as reference. But it's not happening now. It's a $70 billion deal that's not happening. And the British are to blame. This comes to us by way of The Verge, written by Tom Warren, someone with a normal name. Thank God. The UK doesn't want Microsoft, Microsoft Activision Blizzard deal. So what happens next? Microsoft is furious. Last week, a surprise decision from the UK's Competition and Market uh, Markets Authority, the CMA, left its 68.7 billion deal billion dollar deal to acquire Activision Blizzard blocked in Britain thanks to concerns about future of cloud gaming. Microsoft's president Brad Smith was awake at 2 a.m. that morning. That morning hastily writing a response from across the pond. According to Bloomberg, he spoke to the BBC a day later and called the UK's regu regulator's decision the, quote, darkest day, unquote, for Microsoft in four decades of working in Britain. He went a step further and said the European Union is a more attractive place to start a business than the UK. A particular signature statement given the political issues around Brexit. Now Microsoft is bruised, angry, and plotting its next move. If Brad Smith, Brad Smith's fighting talk is anything to go by, Microsoft will try to keep this, this deal alive. But the CMA's decision won't be an easy one to appeal. Like I said, that comes by way of The Verge. And again, this is something that I feel like I've been talking about constantly. And this is the first time ever, it feels like, monopolies are being stopped. I love me some Halo. I do. It's a, I don't even want to say a guilty pleasure. Give me John Halo. Give me Jimmy Rings. I want to, I want to finish the fight. I just want to like, I just want to play Halo games. I want to enjoy Microsoft's stuff. I kind of want to play WoW again. 
every now and again to get the hankering to go back. But you Activision used to make great games, in my opinion. Like they used to like I used to be big on Call of Duty. But now it's like, oh hey, uh let's absorb this team and then get rid of everybody on it because we're never getting another sly or not their sly sucker bunch excuse me we're never getting another crash we're never getting more tony hawk stuff because activision was like hey call of duty makes more money but now microsoft wants to buy all of this and they can't because they're generating a monopoly they're they're antitrust laws in the states and it'll never happen in the states because we we glorify money more than we glorify anything else you can't have you can't have sex on television in the U.S., but you can have violence because it's easier to put ads for violence. An, an atrocity happens at a school? Here you go. This atrocity brought to you by Hardee's. Hardee's sucks. It's just... <clears throat> like, and now you have this in the U.K., and the U.K. is like, hey, this is a monopoly. This needs to stop. It's not even just cloud gaming. It's 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 a monopoly. That's what it is. <laughs> and that's the fear here is that Microsoft will just buy up all the competition and go, okay, cool. Now you're going to pay for an indie game that should be 35, 40 bucks. You're going to pay 70. And if you don't, you can go to PlayStation. But here, you know, we have Game Pass, an offer literally too good to pass up. Just nothing but free games for, I want to say like 15 to 18 to $20 a month. Here's here's just the entirety of the Fallout series. Here's every Elder Scrolls game. Here, like, just just here you go. Here you go. What do you want? It's free. Take it. Psychonauts. Just, like, random Ubisoft stuff. Just random stuff that you wouldn't think would be a part of Game Pass. Here you go. For free. Take it. You're not going to say no. I'm giving you millions, like, almost a million, probably a million dollars in just entertainment. Here you go. Take it. Play. Play to, play to your heart stops. And that's the fear. And I think this acquisition acquisition being stopped is is a good thing. I don't think a partnership between these companies is bad. I think the I think Microsoft buying them out though is in the long run because I remember there was rumors that Sony wanted to buy Activision, and very early on in the show when there was two hosts, I remember bringing that up and I was like, "What do you think? Bad idea. Just a bad, just all around." But that's, I mean, like, where do we go from here? This keeps coming up. Is this ever going to hit a conclusion? Are we ever going to be able to find our way out of this? Is this just what it is for the time being? Will we see a day when this is fixed? Who knows? I'd like to see it happen. I'd like to know whether or not it's going to happen. Sony made very, very clear distinctions of like, hey, this is going to hurt us in the long run. But Microsoft signed that deal with Nintendo. So if Nintendo's a Microsoft, it's it's like you can see everything they want to do. If you're a cynic, if you're not, then I don't know. But I think what is happening currently is a good thing. Because if we can start doing that, like, at least in the States, I don't know about anywhere else. Businesses should be long gone because they own too Like, McDonald's isn't about food anymore. It's about land ownership. But hey, so is the Vatican. But let me let me get away from this. Let me get into the lore. All right. Let me get into this week's lore. Before I get into the lore, I'd also really, really like to talk about the Patreon. Because of the Patreon, I continue to let this show grow and become bigger and better than it is last episode. Even at the $1 tier, you have a voice in saying what gets picked for this week's lore. And again, like I said at the top of the show, 
Captain Lennox is sitting here in the chat. Hello, Cap. Say hi. Hello. He's typing. He's going to be typing. Anyway, you could sit here and watch the show get recorded live. You can see my forehead. Hello, there he is. <laughs> you can see my forehead prog progressively becoming sweatier because my the, the building I live in is currently repainting and I cannot open my window. You can you can hear me flub. You can hear me when I do that to, to edit things out. I think it's hella cool that you get this. And that's at the $10 tier. And that's like... 250 an episode captain lennox says in his opinion it's well worth it that's a that's a rave review right there starting from the top i have to thank the og noah thank you noah after noah i have to thank danny thank you danny after danny i have to thank marcus thank you marcus after marcus i have to thank mellow millhouse thank you mellow millhouse and last but certainly not least i have to thank captain lennox thank you captain lennox again he's sitting here with me as I record this episode live because of you guys, the show gets to become bigger and better. And I get to try new things like doing the show live with all that being said again, I thank you and I love you. And it is now time for this week's lore. So I don't know about you guys. I don't know if you guys are well adjusted, <laughs> uh, but I, every once in a while, every like year, every eight months, every 18 months, I go through like this phase, I go through like a cycle. Once a year, I have to like rewatch the entirety of Kenny versus Spenny, just happens. I don't know why, every like 18 months to two years, I have to rewatch all of To Catch a Predator. Not sure why, it's just something, it's just a comfort thing. I'm probably going through some shit, to be completely honest, during those times, anyway. One of the things that I have to watch like once a year is cult videos. I love me a good cult. Be it Jonestown was my first, I'll be honest. I, I remember sitting in a friend's house watching it on History Channel and being enamored by it. And my favorite being Heaven's Gate, which are great, great dives into just what people will believe and what people won't believe and what people refuse to believe or don't, whatever. So I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about it while I'm going through all of these cults, watching these videos, and I say, what cults are in Fallout? And I came down to two of them. It was Bright's Brotherhood and the Dead Horses, both of them from Fallout New Vegas. So I asked the Patreon, and at even the $1 tier, the, deep, the cheapest tier, you, yes, you get a voice in this week's lore. So join the Patreon if you'd like to be a part of that, or the Discord. I might throw it to them every now and again, or leave it in a YouTube comment. If I have a hard week and just need someone to yell something at me, I might just pick one of those. But this week's lore, coming to us by way of the Patreon, is Bright's Brotherhood from Fallout New Vegas. A religious cult of the Mojave in the year 2281, a small cult of ghouls, and one human by the name of Chris, Chris Haverson. Deep in the recesses of the Repcon testing site is a small group of ghouls that worship a strange, glowing man. A man by the name of Jason Bright, a very charismatic fella. He's a glowing one that never turned. I remember the first time I met Jason Bright uh, for the quest Fly Away With Me. You get sent to the Repcon testing site from Manny Vargas. He says, I need you to go do that, and I can give you all the information you need about a man in a checkered suit playing as you playing the courier. For a long time, I thought this quest was a story quest. Like, I thought this was a... I didn't realize this was a side quest. I thought this was a mandatory quest. Every single playthrough I've done of New Vegas, 
included this just because I thought it's the thing to do. I just thought that's what you do. You start New Vegas, you find the ghouls at the Repcon site, you talk to Manny, you come back, you get Boone, and you're on your way. Like, for some reason, in my head, it's just like, if you ask me, is the Battle of Hoover Dam a, a, a main quest? I'd be like, yes, but so is fly. come fly away with me. So the first time I ever met Jason, I remember thinking like, do I shoot this man? Like, obviously not. They're walking around, but still he's a glower. He's a, he's, he's a glowing man. He and his other ghouls and Chris are on a great journey in search of the far beyond. It's the cult's ultimate goal. It's believed that the far beyond is a radiated paradise, a toxic Eden, a mutated Narvana. Another synonym with another place. Another noun. It's a place where they feel that they could be free and they can have free range and they can kind of do whatever they want and need to do and survive as people all while we're all while worshiping Jason Bright. Jason Bright is one of the best kind of cult leaders if you if you ask me. He's not the cult leader who's like, I am God. He's like, I'm the only one who can talk to him directly like i have the man's like his p.o box memorized and if you have something that you want to know you gotta come to me and i will be able to ask for you he's not so much david koresh as he is marshall applewhite but he's also not so much manson He's he's fun, man. He's he's a different he's different in the wasteland, but it's something that you see throughout history, especially in this fictional universe. You get to see him do something that's been perpetrated for hundreds of years, even before the bombs drop. And he sees all of these things. He has visions of of this irradiated paradise, of this of this far beyond. Prior to 2279, through dialogue, it's never divulged where the cult comes from where bright's brotherhood comes from but they are an established group fully by this time and sometime during 2279 chris haversom comes to the repcon facility and genuinely thinks that he is a ghoul when you meet him for the first time he's the first person you meet and he's on the intercom as you go through the repcon test site and he goes where do you think you're going smooth skin and then you open the door and he's like, I don't like your type. You're kind. And you're just like, bro, you're a, you're a smoothman. Like you're a human. And he's like, no, I'm not. I'm a ghoul. I've been a ghoul since this long. And I'm part of Bright's Brotherhood. And I'm one of his anointed. Which I'll get a little more into where his status is in the group in a bit. But even after much deliberation, Jason Bright could never make Chris Haversom come to terms with the fact that he is a human. He is a full-on human man and not irradiated, not skin falling off of him. He is not a ghoul. Now, through dialogue, Bright can tell, can tell you that Chris Haversom cannot join them on the rockets that the Repcon test site is using to fly out of there now let me explain a little bit from here you meet jason and he tells you i'm in the biggest pickle i could be in beneath me are demons beneath me are atrocities from another world 
and these rockets here can get me to the far beyond. But I have a few problems. One, my head engineer thinks he's a ghoul and is not. Secondly, I can't get these things to operate for two reasons. One of them being the demons that are below in the basement, and I'm just plumb out of rocket fuel. Now, because there are two humans helping out, Jason thinks that this is the will of the creator. And in like a weird type of irony, uh, the two humans being Chris Haversom and the courier, the player character. One of their major problems, Bright's Brotherhood, comes from the basement of the test facility. A basement filled with large hulking masses that always seem to be just out of sight. Bright's Brotherhood refers to them, like I said previously, as demons. These demons are Nightkin, and the Nightkin believe that Bright's Brotherhood in the Repcon test testing facility believe that Bright's Brotherhood is sitting on an unbelievably large cache of stealth boys. And if you know, they are addicted, the, the, stealth, uh, the Nightkin are addicted to stealth boys, and it further triggers their own schizophrenia but they need it to survive. Bright's Brotherhood then realizes that they're no longer safe and they kind of have to speed up the process. This is where the plan to use the old Repcon test site rockets comes in. They got close one time prior, but Knight can advance further into the building and totally stopped them from taking off. The courier can choose to find the rocket fuel and or dispose of these demons, but like I said, there's no room for Chris Haversom on the rockets because the creator, Jason Bright's visions of the creator are telling him that he cannot come on this journey with their mass exodus. Like Moses leaving Egypt, they cannot take Chris Haversom with them. And because of this, Jason feels bad, but at the same time he's like, yeah, but I gotta go to salvation, homie. Now through dialogue, I don't believe that there's any way for you to convince Jason Bright to put Chris Haversom on the rockets with him. But through a dialogue option, you could convince him that either he isn't a ghoul or you can convince him that you can let him believe that he is a ghoul, but he still goes to Novak and resides there. Now, you can grab the rocket fuel. You can get them. You have to go to the there's a couple places you can get it. I don't want to ruin the quest entirely if you're not familiar with it. But again, I'm surprised no one has. If you find the rocket fuel, you can fill it up and you can send them on their way. You also have to get rid of the Nikon. But some of the fates of this quest, if you do not interact with them, that there is no mention at the end of the game, but the Ferals from the Repcon site will destroy Novak after Legion attacks Novak because the Ghouls and Bright, Bright's Brotherhood never rounded them back up and kind of helped them on this great journey. If the courier sends them to, on the rockets, they will leave NCR and never be heard of, heard from again. They're most likely dead. These rockets went up and came right back down. And if the courier helps them on their great journey and then chooses Legion, they will help evacuate Novak, saving most citizens. So in one timeline, they're alive. In one timeline, they come back. In one timeline, they make it work. The courier could kill Jason Bright and or sabotage the rockets and the radiation will leak out from the abandoned facility and pollute Novak. 
Now, I get all of my lore off of fallout.fandom.com, the Dukeopedia, if you will. And I'd like to uh, just reference the wiki real quick. Just from the notes of the, of the Bride's Brotherhood page on the Fallout wiki, one that always makes me laugh. After completing Come Fly Away With Me by helping fix the rockets, a, new, a Radio New Vegas news segment will feature an interview with Nobark Noonan, who witnessed the rocket launch and correctly states that they were piloted by a religious ghouls seeking a better home. Mr. New Vegas introduces the event as, as an unverifiable claim by a local crackpot. Jason Bright was named first when the developers designed the cult, and then the cult was named after him. Neato. That's all I really have on Bright's Brotherhood. A cult, man. A good old-fashioned cult. Someone who believes in something and is willing to kill everybody in his way because they are such a narcissist. Love me a good cult. But that, my friends, is this week's lore. Hey everybody, how you been? It's kind of a chill outro thing that I have for the end of the show. How have you been? I feel like tensions are rising. I feel like everything's getting harder. I feel like, at least in the States, I always have to preface, I feel like at least in the States, it's like this bill is introduced that just hates a group of people more and more. I feel like we're eventually going to hit like a grip, a grim, it's grim, a Jim Crow era of just hating anybody that isn't straight and white i wouldn't be surprised if i think i saw like i'm not trying to get like stupid political there was a, a bill i don't remember where but it was just like it, i think it said plainly like trans people are just not going to be given human rights that they're just not people which like i don't know man they got chromosomes and feelings like that sounds kind of human to me so i don't know anyway not trying to make it about that, but I feel like wages are increasing. It's like my friends that have degrees are having a very hard time finding jobs. My friends that are in the military get out of the military and the military used to be a surefire way to like start their lives with money. And the only one that I know that started their lives with any sort of money is the one who got hurt in the military. It's, it's just everything just like and today at work. So not to divulge what I do, but like I work in a place where it's very much I want to do my job. There's other people that do their jobs. And the last time I was asked to do somebody else's job and I went over there, I said, how much they make over here? And two minutes later, I was taken out of there and put back to what I was originally meant to be doing. It just like, I know the company that I work for makes an insane amount of money and they could afford to pay us a lot more. And like today, it just felt so dis dis disenchanting, disheartening. Like I'm sitting there and my friend that I work with, we're like, we're like, what do we do? Like, cause my, we, my, my boss came over and was like, look, you got to do this or that. And I was like, what do you want to do? I said to my friend, I'm like, cause we could do either. It doesn't really matter to me. And as we're sitting there fighting about, not fighting about it, but like talking about what we're going to do, my friend goes, so we just find new jobs. And I was like, I don't know. That sounds like maybe the plan. And then my boss is like, Hey, if that's what you got to do, do it. And then my friend goes, well, what do you want to do? And I go, doesn't really matter to me because I'm doing somebody else's job. And then my boss is like, cool, you're doing this. And if you don't like it, you can go home. Now, I, I need money. <laughs> Rent's due on the first. And uh, my friend left. My friend was like, cool, see ya. And I think my boss got like really upset that they called him out on their bluff. But still, it's just like I keep seeing... I, the, the Fed, the federal government, the U.S. federal government, the reserve is about to run out of money on June 1st if we don't raise the debt ceiling, which I have to ask the question, how? 
How? Like, how? How? Like, how is this not something that's just, like, avoidable? Like, you know this is going to happen. You can't just, like, if I have $100 and I know this needs to last till Friday, I don't go to the store and go, hmm, a pair of Adidas, please. Like, we're just spending so much. And, like, baby boomers, Gen X, millennials, Gen Z, Gen Alpha, Gen whatever is next after that. It's like, I saw something that was like, well, baby boomers are retiring, so jobs are about to open up. Okay, but they got to retire. Like, I'm not, I, I, I need for any job for, for, uh, to be a manager at a Chili's, I need a degree in 10 years experience. What? Like all of my friends that have degrees don't even work in the field that they got their degree in. They're like, oh, I went to school for like this and I work in this. And I'm like, well, how does your degree have anything to do with that? And it's like, it doesn't. They just know that I have a piece of paper that says I had this much money to spend. I'm in this much debt and I'm a part of your social class now. And it sucks, man. It just does. Like every day feels just like, mm-hmm. uh, I once heard teeth referred to as luxury bones because it's just like, well, most places don't offer dental. Like the place I work at, I have insurance because of the place I work at. They also take $40 a week from me before I even see anything. And then my taxes on top of that. And then it's like, cool. Maybe if I rub these nickels together, I could get it popping. I just want to know how everyone's feeling. I want to know if there's just this general malaise. I'm also in more of a bigger city. Uh, I'm in a sizable area. It's not, you know, it's not a metropolis or anything, but it's a, it's a place. It's a place that people come to. It's a place that people want to be in. It's nice. It's out of the way, but it's still kind of a city. It's got a nice environment. It's nice to all types of people. It's cool, bro. Like, I like it a lot. Like, I'm very happy I moved here. Never once have I sat here and go, moving here was the wrong idea. Never once. My late 20s are pretty great. My third, I have a feeling my 30s are going to rip. I had that feeling when I was in Paris. I remember being on the train, just being like, damn, my 30s are going to be awesome. But, like, there's people that are younger than me that are coming into this. And when I was a kid, we, we were kind of sold the lie that you could do whatever you want. You could be whatever you want. You're not going to be the president. You're not. You can't. Not, not, not in today's age. There's a, every kid has a phone. If you're telling me some kid named, like, Elliot, uh, Jesus, what's a real all-American name? I was going to say Goldfield, but it's a little too European. What the hell's a real American name? Like, Elliot Applebaum shows up and smokes reefer one time in high school and someone films it and he's 15 and that dude gets into politics and goes to become the president. That video is going to blow up and that kid's not going to be president. Also, <laughs> U.S. senators use YouTube immensely. Like, think about it. What kid is not being raised on YouTube right now that is going to grow up to be a U.S. senator? One of the streamers I watch, he watches, like, these really bad children videos on YouTube, and he's like, how many U.S. senators or future U.S. senators are watching this? Like, how many people that are going to become doctors and lawyers and, like, people that people that push culture further? Just wild. I just want to know where everyone's at. It's just, it's just, like, I'm waiting for the dystopia. Like, the dystopia is here. But, like, none of the cool bits of the dystopia are here. Like, at least in Fallout, before the bombs drop, you get, you get, uh, you get Mr. Handies. You get Protectrons. Like, you get cool stuff. You get, like, 
you know, this retro futurism, you get nuclear powered cars. And then what do we have? Amazon. Yeah. Hell yeah. Amazon wants to make towns now too. Much like, um, 16 tons of some say a man i don't know how the song goes but that that song 16 tons from like the 30s or the 40s that's about like living in a mine town and all the money you make goes right back into the mine amazon wants to do that so hey welcome to the 20s the plague's back uh the writer's strike i totally forgot about the writer's strike the writer's strike so television's about to get worse just it's a good time it's a good time to be alive but that's all I have for you guys this week. I hope you've enjoyed. My name has been Vincent. Our intro music is Feather Duster by the one and only Shane Ivers. The intro song is called Feather Duster, but you get all of his free music over at silvermansounds.com slash free music. I'd like to thank the Patreon once again. Thank you. I love you. If you want to support at any level, go ahead and check it out. I love you. I love you. I love you. There's also the Red Bubble where you can throw a couple bucks my way if you buy a, a, a shirt. Uh, a design, something that I or the previous host has made. In the description is also links to my Twitter, the show's Twitter, and Kyle's Twitter. I love you very much. I will be seeing you all next week. Be safe. Be happy. Be well. I love you. I'll talk to you then. Bye. Atomic Radio Hour Podcast. A Goulman Entertainment Production.